Well, doing something for the first time is always fun, always an experience. And today you get to join for the first ever, the inaugural edition of Chatting with Charles, in which Chicago State Director of Athletics, Elliot Charles, answers your questions about what's going on with the Chicago State Cougars. So, hey, everyone, I'm Sam Brief, proud host and producer of the Shy State Pod. So this is your platform. You listen to me on this podcast, ask a lot of questions, and now it's time to answer your questions. We gave you a chance on our Twitter page and on our website to ask questions. As always, you can email us at chicagostateathletics at gmail.com and ask a question that you want Elliot Charles to answer. You can ask one, you can ask 30, and he'll answer them. And today, he answers the first batch of questions in the first ever edition of Chatting with Charles. But before we go to the man, I'd like to remind you that our proud partners at BSN Sports, the largest provider of team sports equipment and apparel in the country, would like to thank all the coaches out there who truly are the heart of the game. While BSN Sports is the best at equipping athletes, coaches are the best at equipping lives, and that's the real final score. Learn more about how BSN Sports can save you time off the field by giving you more time to impact lives on it. Just call your local BSN Sports sales pro or visit bsnsports.com today. And now here's the first ever Chatting with Charles. Sam, I'm doing incredible on this beautiful, sunny Illinois day. It is a beautiful, sunny Illinois day, and it's a shame that our listeners are just listeners, not viewers, because you've got the sunlight casting a cherubic halo over your head, and it looks lovely. Yes, I, I, I do appreciate that, Sam. So, Elliot, let's get right down to business. Last week, we put out the blast on social media saying, hey, we're going to do this Ask the AD podcast. Send us in your questions. And we got some really, really wonderful questions uh, from some folks. So if you don't mind, I'm just going to dive right in here. Ask away. All right. Question number one, chatting with Charles. What are some of the steps that Chicago State Athletics is doing to increase the revenue and brand awareness. And this person also added, I can't wait till men's and hoops get to a good level. I'm trying to get me some season ticks. Oh yeah. Men's and women's hoops. So that is the, that's the anchor. That's the anchor. When we talk about brand awareness, um, what steps are we taking here? There are a lot of steps, um, but I think we can talk about the framework being uh, in, in a simple way. Um, I think the first thing definitely that we're doing is getting feedback. You, you got to start internally. You got to start with campus. You got to start with your student athletes and figure out what our brand identity is. And uh, I think we've spent some time now. There's been some time last three years evaluating that. I got here about a year and a half ago. And um, part of what we said we wanted to do is create a championship division one culture. And so uh, that's where we are. We're in our championship era. And how are we doing it? Uh, we started with partnerships. And so we try our best to put out announcements uh, when we make some of these partnerships or brand alignment with uh, organizations that can help be beacons for us. Um, but, you know, it started with systems. First, we said, hey, what software, uh, what monitoring systems do we need to have in place? And we, we partnered right away. We were able to get some value out of that situation uh, with several uh, organizations that helped us, uh, you know, improve our systems. Uh, the next piece after that was more of uh, our commodities, looking at, you know, inventory, waste, inventory control, 
um, you know, taking away things that aren't necessarily uh, the number one focus or priority for coaches and winning uh, that can be headaches and making those simple kind of business oriented operations. And so, you know, we recently announced that our equipment room is up to full operation because the pandemic, it took us a year to kind of build out our equipment and um, weight room, uh, but pulling what are non-essential kind of duties and tasks, headache tasks out of coaches hair um, so that they can focus on winning was super important. Um, and that's not why I cut my hair, Sam. <laughs> no, you're getting ready to ask. Um, and so, I, you know, I think when we look at uh, some other parts of uh, streamlining and branding and um, partnering, uh, it was really important for us to get travel right. Travel represents a major portion of our budget, if not almost 40 or 50 percent of our operating budget. Uh, and so, you know, being in the Western Athletic Conference, it was important to know that we're being efficient um, and also, you know, meeting the requirements we need to meet with travel. So for me, that was how we needed to lay out the framework initially um, to figure out how we can control our operation and our expenses um, before focusing on revenue. And what did we learn? We learned that through partnerships, there was tons of um, actual cash and income money out there to, to work with. Nike was a great example. We, we knocked it out the park right away. We we're able to create uh, what we're going to brand is the Windy City Classic, something we've been working on for about a year and a half. And um, we're going to brand that across the board in all sports. And it, it's also a way to create brand alignment with the city universities that are division one. And when you have more brand alignment, more opportunities to discuss how we can all look better, uh, more opportunities to compete, more opportunities to broadcast those competitions, more opportunities to tell the stories of our student athletes, like through this platform, guess what? Then all of a sudden we're marching down the path of uh, looking at how we can create more revenue. And um, I'll stop here. You know, one of the things that we said, okay, with revenue is, you know, we always wanna talk about corporate sponsorships. We always wanna talk about in-kind opportunities. We always wanna talk about, okay, where is there a great opportunity for overall corporate partnership, uh, but giving. Giving's where you end up landing. You know, do people believe in the mission? Do people believe in the story? Do people have something fundamental and, and worthwhile that they can share about their experience with the institution or what the institution is doing as a service to the community? And uh, we established our annual fund, which was the Cougar Pride Fund, Cougar Pride Campaign. We started with uh, some fall initiatives. Uh, we're here in the spring now, back in full effect, getting ready to do a thankathon. Um, and we're also looking at ways to have many giving opportunities within our sports programs. And again, that's many opportunities. So all lying under Cougar pride. And so uh, that that's how you do it. Next step is a hall of fame, creating a hall of fame program. Um, and, and we go from there. Perhaps the most important thing I heard in your answer is that maybe just maybe the shy state pod is the key to all of this. <laughs> See, I was waiting for you to say that. That that is that is actually the key. It's you know we we we, we joke a little bit, but um, when I got advice from mentors in taking this job, one of the things they said was, um, you know, I guess the old way to talk about creative was new media, right? In the last 10, 10 to fifteen years, new media opportunities and social media has been super unique in storytelling. Um, but in trying to figure out your brand and actually listen to the stories. It's, it's a great opportunity to be able to capture a broad audience. And um, social media has been really, really, really important. And the podcast, you know, has been incredible. Thanks, Elliot. And to those of you listening who are loyal subscribers, please keep doing it. And to those of you who haven't subscribed yet, hit that button. 
hit that button. You won't regret it. All right, Elliot, you mentioned our championship era. The, our followers on social media know they see that everywhere, right? And that's that's the foundation of your message. So next question, it is our championship era, as we've told people, but change doesn't happen overnight. So how realistically do you see multiple sports competing for conference titles? How you do the small things is how you do everything. And um, I never have thought of obstacles as roadblocks in my life. I'm one that sees opportunity in everything. And um, now I'm one of those people that can go sit in Lincoln Park and um, see the city as what it used to be, see the city as what it is. Not everybody can see what it is, right? Some people see what they want to see. And I, I can also see the future. Um, some people call that, you know, discernment, right? Um, I see the opportunity and potential in everything and everyone. Uh, and, and that's what got me into higher education um, as my platform for service. And that's what's also got me into sports, advocating for teammates and people that I really see out there that are talented. Um, our championship era is not something that is going to be figured out in media's rest. I'm not going to be the one to say we're here while we're here. Um, it's going to be a look back. You know, what era is defined in that era? That's not how history works, right? But as I told our student athletes last fall, it's really about defining in your mind and committing to what you think this era is going to be and what your role is going to be in it. Because that that manifestation of what you're committed to in your mind is what's most important. And, um, you know, we oftentimes see students graduate. You know, we saw graduation uh, here at Chicago State recently. Um, and we see we see our students, um, you know, knocking out all types of career and academic goals. And for me, um, it, it's just important for that acknowledgement, because at the end of the day, if, if a coach or if a student can come to me or administrator like you, Sam, and say, my goals were X and here's how I did. Um, and if they knocked out all their goals, who am I to say that they haven't contributed to the championship era? Now, I, I will say this, um, we're a wins loss industry as well. And we have to look at it comparatively year to year. How did we do over the last 10 years or last five? And then how do we do last year? And so when I see um, what steps it's gonna take, there's a million, um, but, you know, I try to give each program its own just evaluation, its own due evaluation. And I really just try to look at it as the decisions that we're making in recruiting, the decisions that the students are making in the classroom, the decisions that happen week to week, whether it's in procurement or whether it's in travel or whether it's in practice. I'm there. I stop by. I look at it and um, I ask people how they feel about how they're benchmarking against their goals. And I think that that's the clearest way um, to know how we're marching towards our championship era. On the note of goals, with how wild this past year has been, we all know that. What are some of those top goals that you felt we reached and the accomplishments that you're proud of from the last calendar year? Mm. So I'll, I'll, um, one, one hit me last week and it was, it was uh, surreal actually. Um, the one that I was able to reflect on, because the last two weeks have been really interesting. Um, there's a lot that we're trying to do to set up next year. You know, we're trying to get ahead of what, what are the normal cycle of things that happen. But I was looking at our COVID report and um, I saw that out of all the testing efforts that we've done, you know, 
zero positives for the month of, of April and so far for the month of May. And you know, we've had low numbers all spring. Um, I think we had a little bit of a adjustment that we made early on in the semester, uh, but at least for the last three months, a really great trend. And for our sample population, for me, that was really important because I see the work that our athletic tra trainer, um, Jose Pepe Alcantar and his staff, you know, Pedro Gutierrez put in and they're so, so committed to the student experience. And, um, you know, just the amount of communication that has been required for us to do our jobs effectively. Um, it's just a, a testament to, to the commitment and um, that, that the staff has. And, uh, you know, we've seen a lot, a lot of people step up. You know, we, we saw Jim Chrisman, our associate AD for communications, step up and really um, take the charge on events this year and leading our events group. You know, we've seen you step up, Sam, and, and do an incredible job playing both broadcaster and SID. Um, you know, we've seen Jess Poole, senior leadership team, Jason Linders, Erica Thompson, all just pitch in when it was necessary. And so I think, you know, being able to just come together as a team, being able to have it manifest in the success that we've had in sports medicine, knock on wood, has been really cool. Um, another big success through some partners that we didn't know we had out there in the community until we partnered, uh, we were able to field our soccer teams at SeatGeek. Um, and again, that's SeatGeek Stadium right there in Bridgeview, Illinois, not too far from, um, from Midway Airport. And um, that was another moment that was a bit surreal. I had to take a step back um, because that relationship with SeatGeek and the Village of Bridgeview means a whole lot to the institution and in how we move forward in supporting our soccer program. So um, that was really cool. Uh, and then also they're at, a, they're at a fork in the road as far as opportunity with the uh, Chicago Fire and Red Stars moving on to uh, Soldier Field. Uh, and so the ways that we can uh, partner with that property moving forward are endless. And um, it's super exciting to, to come to the same fork um, at different junctures along our path, right? Um, different tra traveling at different speed, each one of us going in different directions, but we found alignment at, at this fork, which was really cool. Um, I think, uh, and again, I hate that I'm going reverse chronologically. I didn't mean to intentionally, but I also think, you know, some of those, uh, successes that we've had in the COVID year have been really codifying COVID policy. I think um, it could have felt like a whirlwind of interactions and scenarios happening, you know, um, at any given point. And we were able to really take a step back and say, okay, what's a rational, logical way to deal with this? We were able to seek input from across campus, faculty and staff, um, students and their parents. We were able to get input from uh, other athletic departments here locally and nationally. So I'm just really appreciative of our approach to actually codify policy and to, the word isn't enforced, but to stick to procedural or procedural approach. Um, that, that, that has just been really, really excellent. Um, one other thing that I'll share, cause there's some that are just front facing that you can see out that we put out there as accomplishments. But I think the, the one uh, really cool topic was telling the student athlete story and uh, providing leadership programming, um, some of the community involvement that we've had. You know, we have a cadence of providing services, leadership and career building, hearing students on mental health concerns, interfacing with SAC, down the list, even academic services that are being provided. But what was critical was the uniqueness of, of what it took for each student athlete to kind of get through the semester 
it wasn't without challenges. We had student athletes that continue to try to build on previous performance semester to semester, but there were things that intentionally happened as an example, like through Cougars lead or through some of our head coaches efforts uh, that, that are just, that were remarkable. They were the difference between a student feeling like they could do it, be here this semester and, and, and finish the semester strong or this year strong versus deciding to opt out or deciding to stay home or deciding to transfer or, no, or to no longer enroll. All those things were really important and I think we'll look back and we'll realize we made a life-changing difference uh, for, for each one of those student athletes. Which at the end of the day is what it's about. And in those accomplishments, Elliot, you mentioned SeaKeek Stadium, which of course was a, a front-facing one. For me, that was also really cool to sit up in the press box and see, whoa, we are here in a professional stadium. Now, the only sort of creepy thing about it is it was completely empty. And next year, we're hoping large scale, you know, not just here, but in all sports that will go back to regular attendance. And that's the subject of the next question. Prior to you coming in, attendance at home events has been on a decline. So what are some ways that you plan on reversing that trend? Well, I think we uniquely offered what was coined as the cheapest ticket in the city. And we had a joint ticket for most men's and women's basketball games. And we ticketed very limited amount of, um, of women's volleyball games. But when it comes to ticketing, I think one thing that we really need to consider outside of promotion is just how to get people in the building. Um, and that's just opening access to the facility. You know, uh, one of the things that we talked about when I was at a previous institution um, was just uh, baseball, baseball brand awareness in the community um, at one of my previous spots. Uh, we were also evaluating volleyball brand awareness in the community at one of my other spots is football. And the first step that you always want to do is invite people in. You invite people in, um, you don't charge them, and you say, here's who we are, get to know us. And when I say get to know us, I'm talking about those students that are competing on the court and those coaching staffs. Um, having a personal connection and rooting for someone is oftentimes grounded in having a relationship with them. And so we want to make sure that people understand who our students are and what their story is. And so I think the number one way to do it is to not focus on the numbers, not focus on the, um, the actual ticket price, um, what, what we're ticketing for. Mainly what I think we need to start doing is really um, not just focus on the experience, on the relationships, the relationships with the students and, um, and, and, and just get the fans to understand the student stories. Now we do have a cult following online of some really, really diehard CSU fans that know our student stories. And so some of what, um, you know, I even saw at Alabama is we find a way to have our fans tell our story too. You know, sometimes our fans are some of the best, um, best representatives of us sometimes and and they can uh, really help uh you know bridge the gap for other fans and once uh people come around our campus and see how beautiful it is and um you know actually see the ease of getting there and also look at some of the areas that we compete uh, some of the other facilities that we compete at like um home of Flossmore racket club and harborside i think people will start to see the extreme diversity of our institution, our student body, and of where we compete. Um, and our coaches are a lot of fun. I mean, we have some great personalities. So uh, I think we just need to open up in a different way, kind of look at it as a mom and pop shop and uh, invite people in, you know, vis-a-vis um, -vis to say, hey, 
come sit with us, enjoy with us, celebrate with us, try some of our new food and, and, and enjoy the, enjoy the games, you know? New food. I like the sound of that. And you're talking about the personalities, Elliot, as, as a storyteller, I've got to experience that firsthand, right? The personalities of our coaches, of our student athletes. So it's been nice that fans have been able to get that online. Right. But I'm excited for them to be able to get some of that in person, right. With, with uh, coming to our home events next year and on the note of, you know, next year and beyond, of course, we've got some big changes coming down soon. And one of them is going to be regarding our future conference. So this fan wants to know if there's any information, even if it's general on the Cougars progress in finding a new conference home, Elliot. Well, uh, this is, this is a great question. And, um, you know, this makes me think of the, the, t- the term uh, arms race for sound bites. You know, I, I think there are a lot of uh, folks in our industry who are out there trying to, you know, use social media and or platforms like this to create the next hot statement that's out there, you know, steaming to be put on the, uh, the news, right? And Elliot I- Charles. Comments on conference <laughs> affiliation, right? <laughs> you know? And so, uh, you know, I think for me, um, you know, this question would kind of be, I like the engagement of the question. I, you know, I, I'd love to throw this question at our, our fan base or at the fan base of other conferences, because I think I would I'd learn a lot more by throwing it out there to everybody else. Um, behind the scenes, you know, uh, there is so much movement that happens when you talk about the conference membership uh, game, just who's involved, how quickly it can change all the steps and all the people you have to talk to. I will say that, you know, we've been evaluating conference membership for a very long time here in Chicago state prior to my arrival. Even. And, you know, with the travel that we uh, incur uh, travel expense that we incur here in the, um, Western Athletic Conference, uh, at the end of the day, we do have to continue to ask ourselves, uh, are we in a sustainable position um, to be able to continue spending money that way? You know, um, it's also a detractor from the student experience, not only when you have to spend money like that, but when you got to spend that much time traveling and when you're in the air four out of five class days during the week, right? Those are things that people are not talking to as we try to be Monday morning quarterbacks. And so, you know, maybe that could be my soundbite right there. But I do think that um, we'll clip it. Uh, please do. Don't don't cut it out now, Sam. Don't don't put it on the. No, B-roll. no, no. I have to be on the advertisement for this. You know, just like, no, don't do that. All right. Um, but anyways, I think that there are a lot of advocates out there when we talk about conference commissioners, um, uh, member institutions at different conferences that want to see Chicago State successful. Um, but as you know, it's about timing. It's about regional fit. Uh, it's about a lot of things, the direction our institution is going in. And so, um, you know, you just got to consider all that. Um, I would say things are going as well as they can be. Uh, you know, we are we are constantly evaluating, um, uh, you know, discussions and or, um, you know, uh, opportunities that are out there with several conferences. We're just kind of, you know, we're, we're doing the right thing. We're being a good member right now in the Western Athletic Conference. We're focused on that. Uh, but we're, we're, again, just looking sport by sport at, you know, where we bring value um, and we're doing our best to put our best foot forward in front of each one of those conferences. 
So we didn't get the major soundbite, but we got some good soundbites there from you, Elliot. And yeah. next, I want to go to fundraising. And, and you already hit a lot with raising revenue. So, you know, don't feel the need, I guess, to go too in-depth because the, it's not a repeat question, but sort of playing off of your revenue answer. This one's focusing more on the giving efforts, right? We implemented the Chicago State Tip-Off Day of Giving Cougar Pride Fund this year to increase giving. So what are maybe some other ways that that you see the department branching out to increase that kind of support? Well, other than identifying who's out there that can uh, provide major gifts again, and that that's that's such um, an in-depth process, right? You have to really understand who has uh, affinity for the stories and the communities coming out of here. And that takes a lot of relationship building. Um, but I think at this point, it's about finding corporate alignment, right? We have to fig- continue to figure out who are the Nikes and BSNs out there? Who are the um, SeatGeek stadiums out there? Who are the um, flow sports out there? Who's out there that's willing to um, invest and put their neck on the line for Chicago State and, and, and what it can be. And so, you know, I think for me, it's just super important that the next steps involve major corporate partnerships. Um, other than that, I think we re- we just have to be consistent. We have to continue to build a database of outreach. We have to build a database uh, where we're, we're looking to add to our annual fund membership. And you just keep the game going from there. From there, we'll build a foundation and, you know, we'll keep it up. Thanks, Elliot. Next one, a little spicy question here uh, coming off the SeatGeek conversation we had. Does the department plan to construct an on-campus soccer field? And is the outdoor track in condition to host some meets next season? And, and I guess anything under the umbrella of renovating, of construction, any hard hats or construction sites we might see around campus, now would be the time to divulge those. Well, that's a that's not just a little spicy. That's muy caliente. <laughs> in fuego, fuego. You know, um, but I, you know, I'll put it this way: um, coming out of the pandemic, we've all had to realign our priorities. Uh, one of the areas that we really are looking at to um, enhance at this point, now that we've you know taken a stab at the, the weight room and the equipment room, uh, is our track, our track and tennis courts all of our outdoor surfaces, we're really trying to figure out what is the best fit and timing for getting some of those things updated. Um, and so, you know, does the department still plan to construct an on-campus soccer field? Um, I wouldn't say it's that simple. You know, we were definitely looking at uh, the costs related to uh, renovating our outdoor track and field. And with that can come a lot of other benefits to every sport program. So. Um, we're, we're hosting meets. Uh, one of the facilities I did not mention um, that we're working with two host meets is the new Gately facility, uh, which is an Olympic indoor track and field facility, and it's a premier facility. Um, and so we're working very closely with Gately to do that. And, and so we'll still be able to host meets right around the corner from our campus. Um, so there'll be a great opportunity to come out and see track and field. Um, but right now, uh, that's where we are. We're taking a hard look at our locker rooms in other spaces, like in the the JDC, um, but you know, there's some immediate great opportunity for um, some of our partners in which we play, you know, uh, off campus and close to our institution. Gately's a gem, by the way, folks. So if if you haven't been there, make sure you check it out. 
So Elliot, next question. I'm going to read this one word for word because it's it's a very well constructed question. I don't want to take away from the the integrity of the question itself. This is an interesting one. So there are quite a few articles on how the addition of what we call non-revenue sports could actually make money for a university when revenue is looked at in a wider view. Specifically, while the department may appear that it's losing money, the university is actually making money due to tuition, in part financial aid. What are your thoughts on this concept? Are there any current sports that the university is studying and considering whether it should be a varsity or instead a club sport? So I think all NCAA sponsored sports or even emerging sports or non-sponsored sports like esports are on the table. Um, there's a lot to digest related to starting a sports program. And you have to really evaluate your student body and their identity, who they are, like the needs um, and whether or not you can be competitive in that. I mean, we're an NCAA Division One school. And what that means is we are we provide scholarships, we recruit and we're competitive. It's really, really simple. There's some really stringent academic requirements. Um, but the difference between the divisions is, you know, pretty much what I just said. It's what is our philosophy and what are we aspiring to be now? Um, there are a lot of articles out there, but it's not, it's not something, uh, this isn't a homogeneous topic, right? Like we're not looking at where it's the same, um, situation for every institution. Uh, it's, it's very, um, unique, um, the, the idea of adding non-revenue sports per each institution, the cost, um, for a student to go to the institution access to non-athletic funding, um, the travel expense, depending on where you, you compete, the cost of equipment and insurance, all those things factor into, um, you know, you know, if you, whether or not it makes sense to have a non-revenue sport. At the end of the day, it should be about access to opportunities and the experience of the student, even if it's a non-competitive experience. And so uh, for us here at Chicago State, we're trying to do what we have now really well. Um, but I, you know, I do think that um, assessing the addition of of, of sports um, is just super important on both the male and female side. And um, as everybody knows, I mean, we have a pretty diverse array or access um, to facilities, uh, whether they be on campus or not. And some of them need upgrades. But you know, by fixing field spaces, it may offer up the opportunity to have a sport like football. Um, there are a couple models out there for football at the FCS level. That's uh, scholarship and non-scholarship. And then you have FBS football. And so uh, football, you know, there's no currently no other division one athletic department that sponsors football here in the city of Chicago. Um, so that that is something that would probably present uh, a pretty uh, substantial opportunity to our student body in our institution. Um, and also maybe even revenue opportunities, as we discussed earlier. Um, but then when you look at it, I mean, obviously we have some great spaces uh, for some other Olympic sports, you know, like baseball and softball. Um, and so we just have to continue to evaluate what makes sense. You know, we, we are just rolling out of a, a huge economic impact, which has been a um, global pandemic. Uh, but also, you know, creating a sustainable model for what we're going to offer is super important. Uh, gender equity is something that we, we have to take seriously, you know, um, as an institution of higher education. And so just looking at our student athletes and what we offer and, and saying, can we scale this or grow in a way that it benefits the university and the university's enrollment 
and, and how the, the university can accommodate students. When we talk about a hot soundbite, you know, that your football comment strikes me as potentially one. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I mean, you know, we, we have to be daring uh, in our approach to recruit students to our university. Um, and, you know, we never want to overstate or oversell, but, you know, taking a look at ways to attract more students and, and be competitive is something that we have to be serious about. So that's what we're attempting to do. Elliot, we've got a couple more here. Now, a couple more fun ones to wrap up. Again, this inaugural chatting with Charles, answering your questions on Chicago State Athletics from Mr. Charles, Elliot Charles. Will we ever see the return of the beloved Chicago State mascot, Southside T. Cougar? Well, the mascot never technically went away. Um, You know, he had to make sure he was uh, vaccinated for, for COVID. So, um, as we see our facilities open back up, the answer is yes. We'll make sure that Southside T Cougar is there, present and cheering for Cougars, for all the Cougars. Um, uh, you know, I, I will say this. Uh, I think the Cougar might even make uh, some uh, appearances way before the season ever happens. So, you know, we're looking to start the year off with a bang and a lot of fanfare. And uh, I'm also excited to see the band, you know. Um, and so I, I think we're in a good position. We're well positioned to have uh all of the nice promotional and, and uh, you know, fanfare related items going during each game. So, yeah, I can't wait to see Southside at our games. Last one here. Schools are becoming innovative in their branding and licensing rights, given that there are multiple local breweries not too far away from campus. Is there any chance that we could see a Cougar brew in the works down the line well you know i I don't i don't ever want to spread myself too thin and become a master of none you know i you know i I think that's important and um to be jones chasing is, is 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 always kind of interesting you know i think there's been some great great articles about not only what schools are doing but also about you know what they're thinking about doing uh, related to branding and licensing rights. Now, for us, we were able to be super innovative because of um, we did not have any long-standing commitments from a multimedia rights standpoint, right? And we talked about that earlier. Our non-conference deal with with Flow is, to me, is groundbreaking, and it's something that people will not understand uh, until years from now. And if we can maintain that partnership with Flow throughout the complexity of trying to find a new conference, that's going to be even it's going to be crazy when you think about it, um, especially as we start winning uh, more often. But when looking at branding and licensing rights, uh, we were just, you know, I was having a conversation with Jessica Poole, um, my senior woman administrator, uh, also executive senior associate uh, for external affairs and revenue generation. And we were talking about licensing uh, and just how to be creative and what products to focus on and what companies to build relationships with. Um, but as we see with uh, alcohol, specific, uh, specifically beer sales or even um, distilled drinks and university branding uh, going on those throughout the country and even in our conference, I do think it's a pretty unique opportunity to look at uh, alcohol uh, from a branding perspective, even if it's wine. I think saw a couple of institutions and actually I was at one where wine was even part of the 
the licensing um, approach. But it all starts with getting fans on your campus. You got to get people in your building. Um, and, and that experience of what it's like to be there at a game helps create that brand identity. You got to be there and feel it to think that drinking um, a bottle of something or keeping a bottle of something uh, related to um, your institution is important for you, right? So um, I, I think nothing's off the table. Nothing's off the table. We have to continue to be creative. I know that we probably got to pay attention um, to pol policy-wise what we're allowed to do, um, but I do see the industry evolving rapidly um, and we are trying to squeeze as much as we can out of our different revenue streams. So um, I definitely see that, uh, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know if a Cougar brew is in the works for us uh, in the near future, but um, I, I do think that for many schools, that's a big opportunity right now. Have you ever had the soda Green River? I have not. Okay, look it up. Maybe don't try it. I don't know. It, it's probably not that good for you, but it was one of my hot sodas that I used to drink as a kid. And it's what you would imagine. It's green. It's pretty much green liquid sugar. So when I read this question and saw Cougar Brew, my mind went to that, you know, some sort of green drink, which is sort of a, a gross concept. But, uh, you know, I guess we can kick around the can a few ideas. Well, you know, for me, uh, you know, when I saw Cougar Brew, I thought of um, a, a drink that's popular in the Caribbean and it's like a cola spelled with a K. And uh, some people call it champagne cola. But there's always that that company. There's always a couple companies in the Caribbean that sell like the best of the what are known as Caribbean soft drinks. And, um, you know, I, you know, I, it, at a certain point, people only refer to the flavor as the brand. And so, I mean, if you create alignment with a beverage brand, I, I think that that could be amazing as part of your institutional identity. Like, look at the marketing that the NFL has done over the years with, with beverage partners. Uh, it's been huge. It's done wonders for the beverage partner sales. It's done a, a amazing wonders for the franchises. So I, I think that there's tons of opportunity. I think we have some steps to go before we get to that level of um, complexity with our approach and revenue, but super exciting that someone would even ask that question. And on the note of people asking questions, we'd like to thank you guys who all put in questions in the future. Remember, you can tell us what you want to know from Elliot in chatting with Charles. We're going to do this on a regular basis uh, right here on the Shy State Pod. So don't be afraid to send us questions via email. It's chicagostateathletics at gmail.com. About a week or so before each recording, we'll make sure to put it out on social media like we did this time and give you guys a chance to respond to that or to send us an email with your questions. We got some really thoughtful questions, Elliot, right? I mean, some really some really more serious questions about things like identity and the future and revenue, and then some more lighthearted ones where, where we're talking beer and wine to close out the podcast. But uh, I, I was really impressed with this set of questions, and, and you really seem to be as well. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, it's kind of scary. You seem like chapter one. It seems like there's a chapter two to some of these uh, but I'll, I'll kind of take it like the 101 and then the 102 class. So I'll study up after this to make sure I review how I answered. Uh, yeah, but no, these it shows you we have some good uh, faithfuls out there. We have some great fans. And, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that I just continue to be transparent and share the work that's going into building the department. Elliot, this 
is really fun for me because I ask you a lot of questions and it's cool to see what other people want to know from you. And then to hear you talk on such a large scale about what our last year was like, what we're like right now and what the future is like at Chicago state is really fascinating. So thanks for hopping in this little pressure cooker. I thought you did a great job for the first chatting with Charles and, um, you know, cheers. I'm holding up my water bottle here. Cheers to, uh, to many more here on the shy state pod. Uh, thanks Sam. And it's always a pleasure you know, uh, maybe some questions will come about student athlete name, image, likeness next. We'll see. Yeah, that's definitely on a large scale NCAA. You know, we talk about things that are changing. That feels like the next big frontier. Oh, yeah. and, and no doubt that no school will be immune to big changes. I mean, just a lot of learning, right? So uh, maybe that'll be a hot topic for our next Shy State pod. And for you at home, let that be a challenge for you. You know, think about some of these things, read the news and maybe jot it down as a question to email us um, and uh, get Elliot to answer here on the Shy State Pod. So, Elliot, the sun that was tickling the top of your head there has receded a little bit and now you're chasing it around. So I guess that's our cue to sign off. Thanks for joining me today, Elliot. All right. Thanks, Sam. It's always a pleasure. Go Cougars. A lot of fun there with Elliot, and he's really open. I mean, I hope you learned he's an open book. I ask him questions all the time, on the record and off the record, and he's always an open book. So hope you'll take advantage of our next chatting with Charles. You can email us at chicagostateathletics at gmail.com and get your questions answered next month for the second edition of Chatting with Charles. So I'm your host and producer, Sam Brief. Signing off from my home studio here in Chicago. Hope you have a great rest of your week, everyone. And I'll talk to you soon. Adios.